the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The feeding of the 5,000 occurs in every gospel. The feeding of the 4,000 occurs in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Each feeding miracle has its own unique point of emphasis. Mark's account of the feeding of the 4,000 in today's gospel has clear allusions to the wilderness experience of Israel and the way God fed Israel with manna in the wilderness. The disciples asked, how can one satisfy all these people with bread here in the wilderness? We almost want to interject probably the way God fed people in the Old Testament in a similar setting. There's also a common theme to the feeding stories. God creates a crisis. Every feeding miracle is occasioned by the fact that God led his people to a place where there is no food. This was the shock after the Exodus. God promised to lead Israel to a land flowing with milk and honey. He neglected to mention that there was quite a bit of sand along the route. Jesus feeds the multitudes precisely because he has led them to a place where they are hungry and there is no food. God's people don't always do well in a crisis. In the Old Testament, the the unfaithfulness of God's people is described as murmuring. The people murmured against God and against Moses. The New Testament feeding miracles happen too quickly for the people to, to murmur, but we can trust that if Jesus had withheld food a little while longer, some kind of complaining would have begun. And we know how we respond when we find ourselves in a place where we do not have enough of what we need. In Deuteronomy, God explained why he led his people to a barren place. Quote, You shall remember all the way the Lord God led you in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. God leads us into wilderness experiences for the same purpose, to know what is in our hearts, whether we will keep his commandments or not. Faithfulness is easy enough when everything is fine. Anyone can be faithful when things are great. But who will be faithful when there is no immediate visible reward for our faithfulness? The first humans failed their test. They were tempted to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, they were not suffering. They were in a garden, not a wilderness. But the test was the same. The serpent tested them to see whether they trusted in God's goodness. The serpent said that God didn't want them to eat the fruit because God didn't want them to be like God. 
our wilderness tests ask the same question. Will we trust in God's goodness when it seems like something that is good is being withheld from us? Will we wait upon God? Jesus reveals himself as the one who is faithful in the crisis. We can observe a fundamental pattern in his faithfulness. Jesus focused on what he had, not on what he did not have. The disciples said, in essence, we don't have enough food to feed all these people in this place. And Jesus responded, how much food do you have? Jesus took the food they had and gave thanks. Rather than complaining about what was not there, rather than criticizing someone for failing to plan for the contingency, rather than becoming anxious about what to do in the face of the need, Jesus took the loaves and he offered them to God in thanksgiving. And the result was that they were made sufficient to meet the need with some left over. The first humans focused on what they did not have, not on what they had. And they had quite a bit. They had a garden. They had each other. They had a lifetime to grow in the knowledge and love of God. But rather than giving thanks for what they had, they became discontented, anxious, and unfaithful. And these are the two patterns we choose between when we find ourselves in a similar place of need. Do we focus on what we lack? Do we become discontented murmurers? Do we become anxious and unfaithful? Or do we take what God has given us and offer it to God in thanksgiving and trust him to provide for our needs? We think of the Eucharist as a thing that we do in church. But the Eucharist is a pattern for all of life. Eucharist means thanksgiving. Here we offer the creation and all of life to God in thanksgiving. We offer our tithes to God to give thanks for what he has given us. We offer ourselves, our souls and bodies. We do not offer what we do not have or what we are not. We offer who we are and what we have. We offer ourselves to God in our weakness and in our sickness and in our doubts and in our fears. But we offer ourselves to God in thanksgiving for God's presence in all these things. And as we make this offering in faith, God blesses what we have and who we are and makes these things sufficient to address and meet what we need in life. This is our daily pattern of life. This is what we call the life of prayer. 
we begin the day by offering the day to God in thanksgiving. We return to God at the end of the day to give thanks for the day. In this foundational pattern of prayer, we continually offer all of life to God in thanksgiving. We commit to God the job of being God. And God gives back to us what we need to be faithful in the tasks that he has given us. We exchange anxiety for trust. And God gives us his provision in the place of our need. We have to train ourselves to live according to this pattern because it is so easy to fall back into the pattern of discontentment, anxiety, and unfaithfulness. We have to practice giving thanks for what we have and who we are rather than complaining about what we don't have and who we are not. As we practice living Eucharistic lives, as we continually offer life to God in thanksgiving, we continually receive back from God the gifts of contentment and joy, and God's peace comes to replace our worldly anxiety. And we learn that the feeding miracle is not just something that Jesus did twice in the Gospels. It is something that God continually does. As Philippians says, quote, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.